ba 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 da 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 ba 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 What are you doing? Oh, uh, didn't see you there, sir, or not? Um, yeah, I'm just adjusting this device, uh, trying to get that feedback signal. Remember the one I was trying to send last episode? Ah, uh, is it working? No idea. I thought that maybe if I adjusted it right, then as soon as someone was going to be rescuing me, I'd get the signal back, but still nothing. I adjusted the subharmonic frequencies. I accounted for the subspace interference. Unless... Maybe if I work on the tachyon emissions from the subverter on pulses, that can't be the Kidian pulse. Oh, I'll get it anyway. You are, you are smart. I am glad that you have been here. And I'm glad you're here, Serenod. I would have completely lost my mind if you hadn't been here. I've been on my own. All those godlike entities have just abandoned me to this bubble to watch history for whatever their reason was. Left me with this device, which I'm still trying to figure out how it works. But we'll just have to see how it goes. Oh, it looks like it's honing in on the next episode. Suppose we better get going. Space time. The ever-expanding frontier. These are the records of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission, to locate every second and contemplate every eon, from outside time to the Big Bang, all the way to the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Season 2 of the Temporal Trek Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 4, and we are back at Voyager, and this time it is one small step. In fact, we are back at Mars. I haven't seen that planet for quite some time, uh, not since my Academy days at least. We begin at 0 minutes and 0 seconds, and very helpfully... Uh, for the, I think the first time ever, we had displayed the actual date uh, for us, for the audience, uh, for us to view on the device. And it is the 19th of October, 2032. Now, uh, we are obviously back in the Soul System, and this is uh, one mission that I'm actually quite familiar with from the history books. This is the Ares 4 missions to Mars. Now, as far as I'm aware from talking to people from your time period... Uh, some of the space missions aren't uh, making a lot of sense. They're not crossing over very well. Um, partly because I think that in your timeline, they're going back to Atlas rockets, possibly other upgraded Saturn Vs. There's no mention of an Ares. In fact, I think I seem to remember someone saying that the Ares was retired from your time period. So I think we are in a separate timeline to what you would know for 2032, or at least what's booked in for 2032. We're in a capsule, a command capsule for the Ares 4, uh, above and in orbit of Mars. There are two astronauts down on the surface, and they are talking back to the lead uh, lieutenant uh, on board, who I presume is the pilot, Lieutenant John Kelly. Um, don't quite remember the rosters as much as I remember the ships. But uh, John Kelly is uh, just giving them some banter, just telling them about what's going on back at Earth. Uh, the World Series is still going on. We've got a nice little callback to what was happening in just our last episode, where we had the uh, the Yankees winning the World Series. Buck Pukai has uh, just beaten uh, some of his uh, world records. Again, I don't really know baseball. 
so I won't be able to tell you much more on that. Um, but uh, even so, I can't tell you very much because it's in your future and you're not supposed to know. And I don't want anyone placing any bets on any future tournaments. Things start to go a bit weird. Again, we get the ominous music uh, just to tell us that things aren't as they seem. As uh, John Kelly then starts to read what he thinks is some sort of space turbulence, um, which is a very odd phenomenon to have because there should be no turbulence in space. But he starts bringing up the LiDAR. Now, LiDAR is a real technology in your time. It is a laser-guided version of radar, uh, different to sonar as well. It is its own thing and is a piece of technology that is being actively integrated into the future Mars missions, as far as NASA is concerned. I'm not entirely sure on SpaceX. Lieutenant John Kelly uh, opens up a hatch and looks outside only to see what he thought was a solar flare, but then it becomes something else. It looks like some sort of spatial distortion. It's not a million miles away from the, what my time bubble looks like. Very strange. And we stop at 1 minute and 51 seconds. And that's it, unfortunately. Um, not much to go on on this episode. There was uh, only 1 minute and 51 seconds to look at. As I say, there's some overlap with some potential Mars missions, uh, but the technology being used, the Ares rocket rockets, are not the ones that are being planned in your time period for the future Mars missions. So we've located our point in time, 2032. So we're going to move on to continuity, as we always do on this show. Now, continuity, there hasn't been any time travel as such. We are literally viewing history as it is happening. So there hasn't been any disruption to the time period. However, as I say, there are certain aspects of the Mars missions that are um, set in your time period that contradict to what should be going on in 2032 um, in this timeline this star trek timeline which apparently you see as a tv show so i am going to say that it's different from your timeline but in terms of star trek and the star trek universe i know and what i sort of remember from the academy uh, there has been no disruption to the continuity for this series so alterations i mean it's one minute 51 seconds and not really much i can alter on this one uh, but i will say that it's it is nice to sort of see the the beginnings of humanity going into space to get that sort of sense and feel. And it was very real looking feel as well. Um, the weird thing is, look, watching a Voyager episode that was filmed in the 90s again, coming back to what we were saying um, in our last episode, how the future prediction is just slightly off. The technology is looking quite clunky. And, you know, we're only a year out from watching SpaceX go into space and they're using touch pads, touch screens. Um, they're, they're using technology that is already in advance of what the Ares is carrying. Now, again, you could argue that because the Ares missions are going to Mars, this is still a new technology that maybe they don't want to push forward with touch screens. They want to take it back a bit to more chunky uh, physical push buttons um, you know just to be on the safe side go with what you know and what doesn't break down certainly uh, any interactions with um, tablet devices that I've seen from people from your time period you know they're not always the most successful so you don't want something breaking down all the way out to Mars where the nearest rescue is eight months away at best so there are some alterations that you'll probably make you know if you could go in and maybe make it fit what might be there on the future Mars missions uh, but overall I like the banter it's a nice bit of character work you instantly get to like 
John Kelly. Um, you even get to like the astronauts, even though there's not much for them to do, and all you see is them on a screen, um, and he's talking to them. Um, it was a really nice feeling of um, thinking of Michael Collins talking to Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin um, when they first went to the moon. Uh, that idea that there's that person up above in orbit uh, who's left behind, but is you know their contact to back home. So we move on to recommendations to Star Trek fans. Um, I mean, there's not much going on in this scene. I know that it will play into this episode and be a big part of this episode. Um, but this scene as is, is not an essential part of the viewing. You could probably figure out quite a lot by watching the rest of the episode later on. And when we get to Voyager in many, many years time, maybe we will. As for non-Star Trek fans, again, it's a nice glimpse into what might happen. But, you know, 2030s, it's still more contemporary. People might be a little bit more interested in watching this as opposed to watching Star Trek, which is so far removed into the future. Uh, certainly, as I'm recording this, uh, there is For All Mankind, which is currently on Apple TV. You've got The Right Stuff on Disney+. Plus. You know, you've got the... Uh, the resurgence, I guess, in a love of space exploration, more recent space exploration, and the potential future missions that are a decade away. Um, so maybe it'd be more interesting to a non-Star Trek fan in that sense, but overall there isn't much going on in 1 minute and 50 seconds. So I'm not going to recommend to non-Star Trek fans. To the godlike entities, well, there is this weird time bubble-looking flare that John Kelly is going to be uh, interacting with it is quite strange to look at. It's it's almost exactly like the time bubble. I wonder if I wonder if this is the thing that godlike entities are after that might get them out. I wonder if I can take some readings using this device. Hang on a minute. What? Uh, Serenade, do do you know what this is doing? Uh, I've never seen it do that before. It's it's already jumping us to the next episode. It's never done two episodes in one go. Space time. The ever expanding What's going on? frontier. These are the records uh, of the most needlessly complicated rewatch of the Star Trek franchise ever. Its mission to locate um, every second and contemplate every eon from outside time to the Big Bang. Is that really what I sound like? To the end of all existence. To do what no sane entity has ever done before. This is the Temporal Trek podcast. Okay, uh, well, uh, welcome back to the Temporal Trek podcast, even though we never left. This is also episode four. I don't know how this is working. All right, we'll, we'll go with it anyway. Um, this is episode four. We're still in Voyager. It's 11.59. That's, that was the episode that started this century. What's going on? It's reading that we're in the year 2050, and we're seeing an older Shannon O'Donnell. She seems to be sitting with family members, I'm guessing, for some sort of family portrait. It's reading at 44 minutes and 50 seconds. She seems to be having a go at some child, you know. Uh, she's having a go at him. He's doing some, uh, some funny faces for the photo. Uh, tells him to knock it off. He comes sit and sits with her and snap. That's it. That's it. And we stop at 44 minutes and 52 seconds. Two seconds? Really? Okay. Um, well, <laughs> that's, 
that was locating in our Elkar's system. Continuity. No, no, I'm not going to do this. What is going on? Let's see what I can punch up on this device. <laughs> Serenade, I think I'm getting a signal back. I'll see if I can patch it through my con badge. What the? I think that's our cue to leave. Cue? I... I thought you couldn't come into the bubble. I see you've brought everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, we wouldn't want to miss our escape attempt now, would we? Now? But I haven't found anything. I only saw a woman taking some sort of family portrait. How can you be leaving now? Ah, uh, I see our little bundle of waste matter let you in on our little secret. I did not say anything. He knows, cause he's smart. Oh, shut up, you pathetic excuse for a corporeal being. Hey, don't talk to him like that. Or what, Ensign? You'll stop us? <laughs> We're a pantheon of gods, and you're, well, you. You're here for a reason, but what? There was no time travel here. There were no anomalies in this second jump, at least. Nothing that could help you. <laughs> oh, you small-minded little biped. You have no idea what you've been doing, do you? <laughs> enlighten me. This whole time, you think you've been looking for some anomaly, some thing, some temporal bit of technobabble that you might block or scan to stop us from leaving. You never stop to think that you might be our way out. Oh, it's not you personally. I don't want you getting an overinflated sense of self now, but it's what you are that matters. Human? Mortal. You come from a universe that's filled with mortal creatures, all experiencing their worlds in their own limited way, re-examining, reimagining, and reinterpreting. And so what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too funny. He doesn't get the point. Oh, come on now, my brethren. It's not his fault he can't see the basic meaning of existence in front of his face. What is it your Vulcans say all the time? Infinite diversity in infinite combination? It's one of the guiding principles of the, the Federation. We all know blah, 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 blah. We know everything, or at least... We did know everything. We are from all the previous TOS eras. TOS. The origin space-times. We've seen the dance of existence play out, and every time it begins over, things begin to change because of the people, the mortals, that exist within it. We are the gatekeepers of all that has been before, and we liked it that way. The last universe to come round was perfect. We understood it. We knew what was coming. We wanted things to stay that way. Last universe? 
the Q Continuum imprisoned you for wanting to stop change. You aren't a Q from my universe. I told you, I'm a Q. Well, more precisely, a P from the universe before yours. And when I and my comrades here said we didn't want to change anything, the Q, the most powerful version of me, banished us to this prison. A prison of our own preferences, you see. In your universe, changing, growing, adapting only strengthens your reality. Good or bad, whether you like it or not, those differences make it stronger. Well, in our prison, the differences make it weaker. We could have all the power in the universe if only we could get past our own preconceptions. But we needed someone on the inside. But again, why me? Why the podcast? It always comes down to this. Oh, don't flatter yourself. We needed someone, not you. We needed someone smart enough to use that device I made. Someone who could rewatch and reevaluate their own history and weaken our prison with that different viewpoint. But someone dumb enough to fall for the plan. And voila, in came you. Well, precisely, we went through a few mortals till we got someone so plain, so boring. Or as I like to say from the 21st century, yeah, basic. Why didn't it work before? Glad you could join the conversation. My followers were too fanatic. Just kept repeating themselves. I tried once to bring a starship here, but somebody started asking too many questions. We even found a mortal in another neighbouring hell dimension, called uh, Beckwith, wasn't it? Yes. But his mind was too riddled with drugs for the plan to work. We thought we might use this lump of leftovers, too, when he popped into our prison unexpected. But he was too stupid to work the controls. Hey, lay off, Serenard. He's the only one of you that showed me any kindness or compassion here. That's all you've got? That's your big comeback? Kindness? We are about to destroy your universe by spreading false truths, incomprehension with extreme malice, until everyone thinks how we want them to, and all you've got is kindness. (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. You and Dunder Dimples over there will have all eternity to rot in your own prison together in your empathy. Utterly powerless. Serenade like power. Serenade is strong. I have only myself to blame, I suppose. When you get the basic package, you only get the basic values. Now, Ensign, will you kindly step aside? We have a universe to destroy. Serenade is strong. You are not strong. You must not go. Is he broken? Step aside, you vile vat of vomit. He's right. You aren't strong. What happens when your way is the only way? You said it yourselves. Infinite combinations make us strong in our universe. Your inability to see things beyond how you want them to be will only leave you in a static existence. Better static and perfect than changing and ruined. You are not strong. He is strong. 
He must go. What? What? What are you doing? Strong. <laughs> what? What? Where? Where did you send them? How are you? Strong. What are you doing? Put me down, you blithering blunderhead! Serenade, Serenade, what are you doing? I take them back. You, my friend. You must go. I find thing to make you go. Serenade, no, come with me. Captain Wright to Ensign Hitch. Come in, do you read? You can go. Ensign? Captain? Oh, 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 sorry, Captain. At ease, Ensign. What in space happened? All is as it was before. Uh, Guardian, is Serenade okay? Are the gods trapped? He is fine. Hi, I'm Carl. Sorry for the booming voice, I only use it to put the tourists off. Yes, yes, Serenade is fine. He's returned the godlike entities to their confinement. They're not going to be riding your coattails out into reality. I can tell you that he is pleased to know that you could go. But will he be alright? It's okay, Ensign. Together, he and I have repaired the damage they attempted to make. And the Q Continuum and I have depowered Little P and his friends. They won't be able to hurt anyone now, as long as all life in the universe goes on in its infinite combinations. Excuse me, what is going on? We received your distress call, Ensign, but where have you been? Why is this Guardian portal here, and not ten light years away in its proper sector? That's a good question. The best I can tell you is I'm a bit like a photon, Captain. I tend to travel light? No? Okay. Speaking of, I'd better be leaving. I have a date with an Empress. Live long, Ensign. And try that Prosper stuff. I hear that's good for you, too. Goodbye, Guardian. I'm going to need an explanation, Ensign. Sorry, sir. Thank you, sir. I'm just glad that you received my distress call. In fact, I wasn't sure till I got your call that it had even gotten through. It's been a horrid year, and I'm ready to make my full report. Ah, uh, Ensign, did you say a year? I'm sorry to say, but you've not been missing for a year? Forgive me, Captain. What do you mean? I sent the signal to my workstation. Back to the day that I left Earth. I allowed for the temporal polarity shift, the gravimetric distortions of subspace, the 0.47 variance of the magnetic waveguide dispersal. Ensign, you forgot to carry the one. What year do you think this is? 2380? Ah, uh, Ensign, uh, there's no easy way to say this, but it's actually 2386. I've been missing for six years. Uh, well, not exactly missing as such. How do you mean? I think we need to get you back to the ship. Captain Wright to Pathfinder. Two to beam up. Come in. Ah, Ensign, it is good to see you, yeah? I trust that you have been able to settle into your guest quarters. Uh, may I come in? Yes, of course. Uh, thank you, Councillor. May I say that's quite the accent you have there? Ja, get that lot. Forgive me, I'm not sure 
I've ever heard a Tellarite with that kind of accent. Are you from Austria? I see the confusion, yes. Uh, this accent is from the eastern continent of Teller. I often get that. Ah, I see. How are we feeling? I'm a little confused still. It's hard to accept that all of this is real, that I'm back. It's a common psychosis of incarceration, yes. You've been displaced, yeah? Unfamiliar settings of the trauma? Exactly. I'm also confused as no one would tell me about how people came to find out I was missing. That was my idea. I thought it best to be the one to tell you in person, yeah? As a Tellerite, I would tell you up front, without that human pleasantries. Go on. You left the Starfleet Division of Temporal Investigations six years ago, yeah? On forged transfer papers. This you know. However, no one was aware that you had actually left, as the infiltrators had left their replacement at your desk. Quite frankly, no one knew you were not there. They left a, a hologram? A clone? Some imposter? A pad. A pad? A data pad? They hooked up your night shift post-work data pad and it has been filling in all the Starfleet Temporal Incident reports in your place the whole time. You were replaced. In fact, until you sent your distress signal, that interrupted its impeccable work. You were in line for a promotion for that impeccable work. But nobody went in? To check? To just see how I was? No work parties? No birthday invites? Not a leaving party? They thought that you were a bit of a hermit. They thought that you were preferring your privacy, huh? So, let me get this straight. Some par wraith fanatics infiltrated temporal investigations, forced my transfer, replaced me with a pad, all because people thought I liked being alone. And if it wasn't for my own distress call, no one would have checked. Yeah, you got it. You know how it is, to each their own in our society. Great. So what now? I get taken back to Earth? Do I still have a job? Of course. However, Starfleet are aware of their oversight and are looking to offer you a promotion to lead daytime temporal investigations admin officer. You will be given a new desk, won't a team to work with? I don't know how I feel about going back to the... the, the team, you say? Really? Wow. What will my new rank be? Lieutenant, in light of your traumatic experience, you will skip the junior grade a bit and advance straight up. But we will spend the next two weeks going through some therapy before we can sign you fit for duty. And then, in two weeks, we arrive at Earth. What about this? The device? The one that the P gave you? You can do a visit as you please, yeah? I'd like for it to be destroyed. I don't want to be reminded of it, and I don't think it should fall into the wrong hands, either. Of course, I will take it away, and dispose of it properly for you, yes? I will leave you now to rest. We are all going over all of your reports. It's fascinating reading. Ah! Ah! Ensign? The device. I can't feel it. Moving away from me. If I move it closer, does it feel better? Yes. That's weird. 
It would appear that we have more than just emotional baggage to get rid of, yes? So it would seem. If you'd like to contact the show, there's now a Twitter account. Search Temporal Trek Podcast at rider underscore coattail. Or contact me directly at hitch underscore Daniel. I'm also on Instagram, Daniel underscore hitch underscore writer. There's also a website with all of the timestamps you need to follow along. Go to ridingcoattails.simplesite.com and click the Temporal Trek page link. The show is always going to be free, there's no Patreon at all. But if you wish to financially contribute to the show, feel free to find my books by searching me, Daniel Hitch, on Amazon. And we'll catch you in the next time stream.